Kia ora, koto, um, and welcome everyone to Mama's Lockdown and Me. Um, I'm very privileged to be sitting here with a bit of a hero of mine, um, Alison Mao. Can, do, does everyone call you Ali? Yeah, they do, and it's more. More? Not that, not that you would know because it's such a weird spelling. Well, my yeah. husband's last name is Yo, Y-E-O, and everyone calls him Ye Yo. So I was trying to find out how to pronounce it. So shame on me, I should have asked you that. Um, journalist and broadcaster, Australian born, which I didn't realise. Mm. Um, and uh, former calls, TAVNZ, Seven Sharp, and leading investigations into the Me Too movement, which is kind of where I... I, I knew you, but then I got really interested in what you were doing because it's a big, big passion of mine. Um, welcome. Hari mai. Hari mai. Thanks for inviting me on. <sighs> so the first thing I always ask people, women, is how are you? But then I say, how are you? <laughs> how are you really? <laughs> uh, up and down, to be honest with you. Yep. I am... Um, not a person who suffers when I'm uh, separated from the opportunity to be social. Yeah. Is that a nice way to put it? No, no, that's so I'm fine. a hermit, basically. Myself and my partner just like to be uh, alone with her and me and the dog. So yeah. from that point of view, it hasn't been, um, I mean, it's been a dream, really, in one sense, but uh, there have been, I, I've noticed that my mood, my emotional state is, has been a bit up and down. There have been peaks and troughs. Um, there was, the, the crunch time came just a few days ago when I, uh, by mistake, ruined something that was very important to my daughter. Um, it was awful. You know, just one of those moments where you cannot believe what you have done and I lost it completely and cried and cried and cried and my daughter had to console me so it was kind of reversed roles and I think I must have cried for about half an hour howled I howled yeah. <laughs> I don't we, don't, do we don't allow ourselves to do very often um, no. we've we've noticed that our two and a half year old says to us every morning are you okay and I said to my husband the day she should not be asking us that question. <laughs> it's really inappropriate. Wrong <laughs> she does. Around. She knows. But, um, yeah, so that was, yeah. I mean, what I had, I spilled a cup of coffee on a piece of art, basically. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a fixable thing, but it normally wouldn't have made me go into an extended crying jag either. And that's when I realised that I was kind of, I'd been holding it together, but I really wasn't completely 100% okay. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Um, I, we, I've noticed, I, I put a little um, poll out on some social media and asked, who is, who is very tearful this week? And 98% of people said they were tearful over mm. anything this week. So mm. um, I've been crying over bad 80s cop movies. So, you know, swings and roundabouts yeah. as we go. Um, who's in your bubble then? Who's in your bubble? So in my bubble, until today, so it all changes tonight, but in my bubble has been my daughter, who's 22. Yep. Uh, and she was living in Melbourne. She's lived there for the past four years, actually. She went to university there. Uh, and she came home in a hurry on March the 22nd. So it's been her in complete isolation for two weeks and then kind of as part of the household. 
and my partner and her dog and me. Okay, and did your son come back? Yeah, so my son came back the same day, but he went to uh, into isolation at his dad's. Right, okay. So tonight we're swapping them over, so I get to, to hug my 19-year-old son for the first time in, well, a couple of months, actually, so... And I was, because I was going to say your babies, so you aren't babies, but they're still, they're always babies. Mm. Um, how, how's that been, having them kind of slightly under your wing? I know you're going to have the other one and swap the other one. How's that been? I just feel terrible for them. And I know that, you know, this is potentially a controversial thing to say, because I know that people with young children like yourself have been doing it pretty hard over the past month. But if I can offer an alternative view, a view from the other side of the coin, if you like, at least those children won't remember this as having a major impact on their life psychologically or materially, really. And unless, you know, unless something really dreadful has happened. Uh, and I acknowledge those people who are in... Um, households in bubbles where there's domestic violence or, or you know, um, really difficult circumstances like that. But for children that are the age that my children are, it's devastating because it has put their lives on hold. And more than that, it has disrupted their plans to an extent that they they don't know what they're going to be able to do next yeah totally uh, and you may think that you know for a teenager or a young person it's great to be able to lie in bed and have mum and dad feed them you know again all day long um, and they can't even go out to work even if they want to but my observation is that it's actually been it's actually really um really really tough for that generation uh and i should note here that my son actually is working he's working in a factory packing hand sanitizer um so good on him yes yeah. a worker um but he came he had to come back from university on the gold coast he's trying to continue his studies and work full time um both of them had to give up their apartments um and cancel everything uh, and they don't know when they will be able to go back to those lives and and my observation is that psychologically it's it's really difficult <laughs> it is really difficult and i've noticed i mean my two and a half year old is absolutely in love with being at home with her parents every day all day she's completely loving it it's a party from the minute she wakes up to the minute she goes to bed you know <laughs> i'm like stop but um i i spoke to a friend of mine whose daughter is 15 and the anxiety about the future is overwhelming and she was saying to me i i actually you know, we, her and her partner made a, a pact that if she wants to go in her room all day and be online, just let her do what she needs to do. Let her talk to her friends, let her read the stuff and then, and then be there and be available to answer those questions mm -hmm. about that real, but what the hell am I going to do? What, what is the world going to be? Um, those massive questions that they need somebody mm -hmm. that's not their friends because they can't touch them to actually be there and say, we don't know, but we're here and it's all right. Um, it's, it must be ginormous. 
absolutely ginormous. My daughter called me into her room, I think it was yesterday, and said, I want to ask you a question. She said, why aren't you losing it? And I and I was able to I was able to shower dissolving into tears. See, I am losing it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I had to say to her, "It's I'm feeling it. I'm anxious. I'm not sleeping properly. I'm having weird dreams. All of the stuff that that we're all going through, really." Um, but the impact on my life is not nearly as big as as on hers yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still have my job at the moment. Um, and I enjoy spending time at home. I, um, you know, I miss my family, of course, but they're in Australia, so I'm used to being away from them. Yeah. Um, I, the impact on my life hasn't been as, as fulsome and, and as immediate as it has on hers. And um, I think just, you know, there's great anxiety amongst that cohort, you know, the, the millennials and the Gen Zers. Um, on, you know, what will their life, when this is over, if it's over, what, you know, what does their world look like and what is going to be the impact on their plan? Yeah, yeah, totally. And once, and if you let your mind wander into what that looks like, I think you have to, I start to pull my mind back. I'm like, whoa there, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So in terms of your work, um, and what you consider work, because I find the, the topic of work and asking that to women a really interesting conversation. Um, what has changed? What, what, what is going to happen for you moving forward? Or what do you want to happen moving forward? Um, I intend to, I've been do, doing a bit of, um, I suppose my reporting has shifted a bit because I've been doing some COVID-19 stories and op-eds and, uh, you know, and I do regularly write about different um, topics, but I am hoping that eventually, the, uh, you know, readers will be interested in, in the normal array of non-COVID-19 topics because there are, uh, you know, <sighs> the rest of life goes on behind this hum of the pandemic um and there are still massive stories um that i uh, in investigations that have kind of had to go on hold for a couple of months absolutely Um, you know my feeling is that we're getting to the stage where people are ready to to focus on something else um i have a couple of big stories coming out fairly soon yeah so I am hoping that it won't necessarily have a, a massive impact on my work long term. And, and I was really interested in that conversation on Twitter about, you know, the, the, the feeling around journalists at the minute. Um, and that there was a, um, the little thread from Paul that was talking about, you know, journalists aren't stupid. And actually people are going, what, who are these idiots that are asking these questions? And actually when you <laughs> dig into that a little bit deeper, there's lots of reasons around. Like we know, you know, in my job, I know there's always much deeper conversations around what's happening for people. Um, but that feeling, that kind of backlash of why are these stupid people? Who are these people? And, and why are they asking these questions? Yeah, uh, I think that just shows a fundamental lack of understanding 
as to you know what what is a journalist's job and and, yeah. and not I don't mean conceptually or philosophically what a journalist's job is, but actually how it plays out day to day. Yeah, and you know, and, the, and I suppose those, that, none of those none of those gallery journalists are um, idiots. Um, I think one of the the big important things to remember is that at the moment, unlike what usually happens at a press conference, perhaps at the moment um, there's only so many journalists allowed in the room, so yeah. they're all asking they're asking the random question that Alison Moore wants asked for some project that they know nothing about that I've yeah. been working on for three months. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No, 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 totally. Um, but they've got a list of questions that all of their colleagues want them to get out as well as their own questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those questions come out of left field and they sound a bit ridiculous, but there's a reason for them all. And, and I suppose the reason I asked you about the, you know, what's changed and how you are moving forward, you know, with, with the devastating loss of jobs for people in that industry, um, what, what do you think will happen there? What, what do you, do you, do you have a, an idea or a desire to know, or a, have you thought yeah, about it? That's one of those things that I try and pull my mind back yeah. from. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it worries me because I mean, there's no, there's no indicate. You know, my bosses have been so uh, supportive, and there's no indication that I'm going to lose my job. For example, I have taken a, I've taken a big pay cut, yeah, temporary pay cut, uh, and I am hoping that my job will remain secure, um, because I know probably more than anybody else what it's like to lose your job uh, in a redundancy situation. If I got made redundant again, uh, Jane, my that would be the fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> so I have literally been let go um, through, not sacked, but so let go through no fault of my own yeah. um, four times before now. And... Yep. It was quite interesting because when the Bauer redundancies went down, yep. um, much was made of the fact that they, they got half an hour notice and they all had to jump on a Zoom meeting. And, and I get how traumatic that day must have been. I really do. To have yourself and, you know, 200 of your colleagues all told that you've got, no longer got jobs, awful. But my last redundancy, my fourth one, uh, happened in late 2017 and in that occasion my boss who was at the time the head of news at MediaWorks phoned me while I was standing uh, looking at the Chardonnay in the supermarket and told me that I no longer had a job. And then you bought four bottles. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he it had not even occurred to him that I might like a face-to-face. -face yeah. yeah. He thought that quick phone call, you're out on your ear um, as of, you know, a month from now. That was all that was required. Yeah. So, and, and the reason I'm telling you this is to demonstrate just how brutal in everyday circumstances, not yeah. pandemic circumstances, this, you know, the media industry is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, totally. I've been thinking kind of a lot and then pulling it, reining it in. So in terms of um, the people that you're worried about, because my first thought, when this started to happen, working in that industry, in the social sector was. But what about all those 
what about all those one investigations that are happening for people right now what about all those people who are living in environments that they really don't shouldn't be in in a bubble and they can't get out um and also the, all that stuff you know that the media is not reporting on at the minute that's still going on you know they always say that you know controversially the um, i don't know american politics they'll bring something out that's controversial and it'll hide all this other stuff that's going on what who are you worried about at the minute who and i don't that doesn't mean a person but i mean who do you allow to sit there and go do you know what i'm really worried about those people at the minute well i mean obviously um at the top of that tree are women who are in violent situations yep. who um who might ordinarily their only respite might be getting out of the house and visiting Fano or you know or, or the, the half hour at the other end of the day that they get to take their children to school or whatever it might be, or going to work. If they can't do that, if they've lost their job, that increases the financial stress in the household, which yep. we know, you know, that financial stress and poverty is a major trigger um, for violence. So is drinking and there's a lot a bit more of that going on. Oh, yeah. You know, just being trapped in a house um, <laughs> with people you love is you know, creating tension at the moment. So it's, it, you know, and, we, and we've heard tell of a 40% spike in domestic violence, which is horrific. So, I mean, that's, that's number one. But I also, um, I worry about people who are, as you say, involved in processes where um, suddenly any hope of justice has been yeah. chucked out the window yeah. because there are bigger things to think about right now, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and I'd like to, uh, I wrote recently to broaden that out, that um, in fact, we ought to be worried about progress for, you know, women and minority groups who might've been on the cusp of, of making some real strides and, you know, um, pay equity, for example. And there will, there will be some employers and some sectors who might be tempted to use the pandemic as a reason to, well, we don't need to worry about that for the yeah, moment. Yeah, we don't need to worry yeah. about equality for the moment because we've got yeah. bigger things to, yeah. to worry about. <laughs> so, you know, as well as all the myriad ways that women will lose out in, um, in this situation anyway because they're the yeah. ones doing all the extra um, work on top of all the usual Invisible jobs yeah they, work they do um, I, I worry about the mini progress in a broader sense yeah. progress yeah, towards yeah. equality yeah um, I could sit here and listen to you all day but I am <laughs> conscious you have another meeting so we will go into quick fire are you ready okay, okay. Um, salt or sweet sweet uh, cold beer or warm glass of red a warm glass of bread. Uh, favorite New Zealand biscuit. <gasps> oh, <laughs> gosh, darn you. Uh, ginger nut. All these people who like ginger nuts are disgusting. <laughs> um, mountain or beach? Beach. Um, one famous person that you would like to invite into your bubble, alive or dead? Can I go local? Absolutely. Sam Neill. I love Sam Neill. Nice. 
Nice. Um, and then one place in New Zealand you'd love to transport yourself to right now. In New Zealand? Yeah. Queenstown. It is, the first, it is the first place that I will be visiting. In fact, we were looking at imaginary bookings last night. It's the you first have to come and stay. Honestly, it is absolutely beautiful at the minute. It is, I have to say, absolutely. Because it's empty? Well, because it's empty, controversially, should I say that, my husband's in tourism. Um, but also, it's just this time of year, my favourite. It's just, mm. it's mind-blowingly beautiful. Yeah. Well, my hope is that by the end of June, we will be at a place yeah. called Level 2, where I will be able to, um, to head down your way with my partner and um, really looking forward to Queenstown. Yeah. Well, I will um, pour you a glass of red wine with a ginger nut and you can come and hang out at my house, Alison Moore, because I got your name bloody wrong. Wait. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to um, that. Thank you so much. Um, what are you going to do? Well, after your meeting, what are you going to do this afternoon? Um, I will probably, we had margaritas yesterday, so I'll probably have a glass of wine. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm a four o'clock girl. I'm like yeah. four o'clock, glass of wine, make the dinner, put the baby to bed. You know, um, thank you. Ask me the one thing that I'm most proud of about my conduct in lockdown is that I haven't measurably increased the amount that I drink. Oh, I did. And then I said, I had a stern word to myself. <laughs> so if I don't, nobody else will. So I thought I'd better do it. Um, thank you so much for giving up some of your very busy time to speak with us. Um, much appreciated. Delightful to meet you. Thanks. And for you. Cocky day. Cocky day.